This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Because there's never an off day in the greatest sports city on earth. Here are the biggest stories and everything else you need to know from the new title town. It's Breaking Boston with Andy Hart and Nick Fitzy Stevens. Brad, is Joe Mazzulla the best head coach for this team going forward? And if so, why? Yeah, I think he is. And I thought he, again, did a really good job with this group. Um, Everybody's going to overreact to the best players and coaches after every game. That's always the way it is. We know that going in. So we have to, you know, be able to judge things on the whole. And um, he's a terrific leader. Um, He'll only get better at anything that, you know, he can learn from this year because he's constantly trying to learn and, um, and he's accountable. You know, those, those leadership qualities are hard to find. Welcome to a show now referred to as the big disagree, because as much as I want to side with a man, I share a last name with and Brad Stevens, sir, I I respect what you do, and I respect how you do it, but I could not disagree more. Good morning, and welcome on Friday, June 2nd, 2023, to Breaking Boston with Fitzy and Hart from WEI, getting your table set with all the Boston sports you need to know to feed your wild fandom. News, opinion, analysis, and so much more. Chock full of stuff on a Friday. Andy, we're coming out of NBA Finals Game 1. No surprise. The Nuggets take care of the Heat, just like every Celtics fan predicted. Caleb Martin and Max Struess, absolute no-shows, non-factors whatsoever, just to drive the shiv between the ribs a little deeper as well. Miami will be heard from during the series, no doubt, but the Nuggets really seem like the most complete team. Uh, But yesterday, it seems like everybody was still buzzing about the Celtics for a couple of different reasons. Mostly, it seemed, well... Reason number one, The Athletic publishes a piece. Some called it an expose. Some said it was explosive. I just thought it was informative. I didn't. I thought it was like, when you compare it to the one that Karen Garigian and Andrew Callahan put together 
about the dumpster fire that was the Patriots offense last season, that was explosive. That was pretty dynamic. This was more a, a nice amalgamation of the things that we presumed to be true all season long, but never had fully confirmed. And then Brad Stevens sits down for his end of season presser yesterday and tells me all the things I didn't want to hear, which was Joe Missoula is going to be back as coach, and they probably are going to sign Jalen Brown to a long-term extension. And on top of it all, and tell me if I'm nuts, I'm not thrilled hearing, oh, we love the core, and we're pretty much just going to run it back with some minor tweaks. Yeah, it, the viewpoint of Steven's comments is important, I think. Um, you know, first of all, I'm not sure he said they're going to give the Supermax to no. Jalen Brown. He said they want mm -hmm. him. He didn't say they want to give the Supermax. So I think there's a gray area there that they do want him. And I think a lot of fans mm -hmm. want him at the right price. It feels like a very Patriots. I'll take that guy at our price, at the right price, not at the necessarily the market rate. And the market rate is going to be the Supermax. So that there, starting with Joe Missoula, um, the only thing I really agree with Brad Stevens when he was talking about Joe Missoula is he'll be better moving mm -hmm. forward because he he was thrown into the mix. You know, they talked about it five days. Basically, it was crazy. And he's so inexperienced. Like, he can't possibly not be better. But is that good enough? And as you said, like, you marry up what Stevens is saying, accountability and all these things that are positives for Missoula, which I disagree with. I think somebody who's accountable doesn't go to the podium after a loss in the playoffs and say, well, we won three quarters. What? That's accountability. Like, you're bragging that you won three quarters in a game that that, that has four that you need to win four quarters in order to win the actual game. And the one game. quarter you I lost just so badly that it actually cost you the game. Yes. Um, so I, I don't, I don't know that I agree with the positive assessment. Now we knew this, we talked about that. Like everything we've predicted is coming true. Like Brad Stevens hired Joe Missoula. He's not just going to can him. They're invested in Joe Missoula. They picked him as the right guy. They threw him to the wolves and he did his best to fight them off. Jalen Brown, I think we all think it's hard to walk away from. Like, just say, nope, you know what? We're not interested. We're going to move on, and we're going to totally change the way this team is structured moving forward. But the details of how this plays out over the next few years, just like the details you mentioned in the athletic story. My favorite thing from the athletic story, which I don't think was a bombshell story or anything of that nature. There were some, huh, that's interesting. And my favorite was when apparently they had a meeting or a breakdown where Joe Missoula just focused offense, 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 offense. And then Jalen Brown goes one, two, three, defense. <laughs> he spoke, see, that was Tremendous. probably my favorite Jalen Brown moment of the year was you know, coming Tremendous. off of his worst performance as a pro in game seven where he craps the bed with 19 points, five fouls, eight turnovers, just shooting the team and himself in the foot when they needed him most. To know that he was pushing back against Missoula to know that he actually kind of had an idea what kind of postseason he was going to have to have for the team to succeed yep. because of Joe Missoula's style. And then at the end of the meeting to lead the team breakdown and have him go one, two, three defense. After, like, like now, now you, so can't, now you can't trade him because now I think I love him again, even though I'm frustrated. Now you know why I love him. But, now you know why he's but my now guy. There's, now if I know there's that kind of dog in him, then that, that gets me a little more fired up to see, but, that's exactly what we didn't see. And by the way, um, I'm going to share this. I'm going to retweet this later on today. I think you've got to watch it as well. I stumbled across uh, this new Showtime YouTube series called Ticket in the Truth, uh, where Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett break down basketball games. And it is NSFW as the day is long. It's the two of them sitting there 
just ripping the Celtics for their Game 7 performance uh, with just F-bombs flying like Marcus Smart and Derek White threes in Game 7. Holy smokes. It's it's great. It's honest, and I think they spoke to how we feel as well. But going back to the expose, that it took Jalen Brown, the, this piece by um, Jared Weiss and Jay King in The Athletic, that it took Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum to have a sit down and like a little get, it wasn't a full pizza party, but it was like a powwow or get together with Joe Mazzulla and, and say to him like, hey, um, I know you're futzing around with this whole offense first thing. And now you're starting to like favor a Hauser for his offensive analytics over Grant Williams. Uh, we're going to need him. I don't know if you've noticed, but last year he was instrumental in bodying up against Giannis and Adebayo uh, and was a pivotal postseason player for us. Plus, he can shoot threes. So if there's any chance you could maybe put him back in the lineup, that would be great. And he did. And like they listened, like he listened to them. Now, I always appreciate I'm not sure exactly how you feel philosophically about coaches who listen to their players. Like it's one thing to take the temperature of the room, have a captain's meeting uh, and just make sure that what you're doing is not causing, even if you believe strongly in what you're doing, that what you're your game plan isn't causing great discord and disharmony, right? But at the same time, uh, you kind of have to be the coach. And, and this guy was basically just sort of like learning on the fly. That's not his fault that he wasn't ready for this moment. But this goes to th this now we stitch over from the athletic to Brad Stevens. This is on Brad Stevens. Brad Stevens basically chose this guy because he is more of an offense first guy. He loves the three points away, bombs away, and, and offensive first mentality. And that's what Missoula went with. And I hate to say it, but that and some untimely injuries were, were their undoing in another season where they were good enough to go back to the finals. Yeah, they absolutely were. And, you know, the other interesting part is we've talked so much about adding veteran presences to his coaching staff. They acknowledge they will try to do that. They acknowledge that they tried to do that. But when you know, the timing of it took place. Everybody was either, I think, as the article put it, either already employed with another team or had already decided they weren't actually coaching this year. There were maybe some options that had like gone all in mm -hmm. on, I'm taking the year away from the game kind of thing. So they were stuck, <clears throat> excuse me, with the staff that they had. And that's not Missoula's fault. And he was in a weird area. Mm -hmm. Like these players know as much NBA basketball essentially as he does, right? Like they've, with the way they've started their careers, going to the playoffs every year, going deep into the playoffs. Every, these are well-experienced, smart basketball players. And you had the weird juxtaposition of Ime Udoka turned things around playing defense. And they were like, wow, that really worked. We got really good, really <laughs> fast last year. And from January on, all of a sudden we're in the NBA finals. Uh -huh. Now you want us to do basically something totally different. We're not really sold on that. Now, I also think what made it weird is how well they played to start the year. So he comes in focusing on mm -hmm. offense. They start 21 and five. Shooting lights out, but the, but the schedule was a the, little- The best offense in history. Yeah. Like, and so he's gonna be emboldened like, yeah, my way is the right way. You guys been watching these games? We're kicking ass and taking names. And they're like, huh? Well, yeah, he's kind of right. We are kicking ass and taking names. But I still wonder if we're going to need defense and Grant Will in different aspects when the postseason comes. There was a clip making the rounds yesterday of, um, you know, the difference between regular season basketball and postseason basketball mm -hmm. and regular season, you know, night to night 
defense isn't always there. Guys take plays off. Like, and I, and I think the quote was, you get two feet to shoot in the regular season. That's two inches in the postseason. Like it's that much more intense. Right. Everything is, and guys that look like they can shoot in the regular season can't in the postseason. It's a different game. And I think Brown and Tatum and the leaders are probably like, yeah, this is great for regular season, but we're going to need these other things. And that's where the disconnects lie. I mean, you had Malcolm Brogdon was the one who really voiced it. Remember when he was saying like this team's identity, I wasn't here, but this team's identity was defense. And now we don't have an identity. And that's, that's because of the change in coach. Mm. So it, in a way it's almost remarkable that they were one game away from the NBA finals. Exactly. Because exactly. It, this is dysfunctional. It sounds this way is, more dysfunctional. It's not exactly Matt Patricia. It's not quite that far with the experiment that Robert Kraft talked about in the Patriots coaching yeah. staff, but they kind of overcame deep rooted divides in that team. And that tells you how talented they are. And that's where I would probably, you said, what do you think about keeping the mm -hmm. core together? Brad says we like the Tweaks. core. That's where I'm kind of with Brad because the core did overcome a lot this year. And you say, well, wait a minute, if they, can solidify whether it's bring in a defensive minded veteran coach. Like if you could bring in a defensive minded veteran coach, add him to the mm -hmm. staff and he has a mentoring role over Missoula blending Missoula's, you know, progressive running style. Gun, yeah. Uh, yeah. With his and saying, you know what? Defense wins championships cliche, but it, uh, it's still true. You've got to play some defense. I'm not all that down. I, I like the roster. And although then you mix in, Hey, Brogdon, don't get hurt. Hey, Derek White, don't get hurt at the worst time at the end of a game where we need you. I mean, there's certainly certainly a strong argument can be made that this team has the talent, and if you remove the divide, if they're all on the same page, the rope, I'll use Missoula's term, if they're all pulling the rope in the mm -hmm. same direction next year, you can sell me on keep the core together and this team's ready to roll. Okay, but they're going to need – see, you, I can buy that, but then – Again, some of the mistakes they made this year were ultimately similar to mistakes they made last year and two years prior and before that. Like every Eastern Conference Finals they make it to, we end up seeing the same thing. Another team pushes them around. Another team's toughness and tenacity is greater than theirs at the moment when you need to reveal your inner your innermost strength and you have to man up. They end up playing hero ball at a prime time when nothing's working for them. They're flummoxed by a 2-3 zone. Like, all the same damn things keep coming around to bite this team in the ass. So maybe that's why. Maybe that's one of the reasons why Brad thought, hey, maybe Joe will find a way for this team to just score us out of funks or score our way to greatness. And maybe that will end up being what, what is their long-term success. But it, I need – when I say that I would like to make tweaks and I uh, – and change the chemistry. I need someone who's a little tougher in that room. I need a big voice. I need a defensive presence that's going to make people pay. One of the things I heard Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett say on that Showtime show was, Paul Pierce said, once they saw Caleb Martin was having his way and was shooting lights out and Struess and guys like that were hitting these wide open threes, Kevin Garnett and Paul Pierce said, each of them needed to be knocked on their ass. And there was no one on this team to make that now it'll end up yielding one four point play, but they're going to pay for it. One, like there was no toughness. Nobody shoved them. No one bodied up hard on them. The one guy that actually dared speak up to anybody or show a little dog in the fight was game two, Grant Williams. And then he was chided for it because Jimmy Butler then goes on a little bit of a run. He was not the only reason why they blew that game as well. 
So I, I see I see things that I want to see done differently on the team as well. So I believe in what Brad is saying that, that you know, look at us. We went this far. We were a game away. We were 60 minutes away from the finals yet again. But at the same time, we've watched this team too much, Andy, to think that, oh, these problems just popped up and they're not new. They're, they're not new to the team. Malcolm Brogdon was right. They did lose a bit of their identity as well. Also, I wonder if Brogdon getting hurt is going to be a bit of an issue as well, because this could take months for him to get better if they were going to potentially move on from him as part of a trade deal. Now he's not the asset he was. Oh, and Missoula going into the season, we've overlooked this a touch, but Missoula going into the season with like a week to prepare, wanting to go with a three-first mentality, your best three-point shooter just tore his ACL in Italy and is going to be on the on the seat for the entire season. Maybe Gallinari coming back as a bonus for next year as well. I don't know. It just It didn't seem overall yesterday that Brad Stevens' words sat too well with, with most, most Boston Celtics fans. I don't know. It didn't give me. It didn't give me the comfort. Didn't give me the comfort I was looking for. And I think that's normal because I think now he said everybody's going to overreact to the coach and the best players. Like that's how that, it works. That is how it the playoffs. And he can say overreact, or you could just say react because I do believe they lost because of their coach and best players. Like Tatum was too inconsistent. Brown fell on his face when they needed him most, and Missoula to me, was a net negative for the series. So I think if you say, why did they lose the series? I think you can absolutely say they're best players than their coach. But there's also, again, they're talented. And and I'm with you. Like, we talked about this in one of our many podcasts or radio shows or whatever the hell we do a couple of weeks ago. Like, what would you do? Veteran <laughs> coach with a defensive mind and veteran. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to say KG because he's too talented, but a tone setter like KG, I think the, you know, Al Horford is not a tone setter in my opinion. He's, he's aged. He's been around a while, but I actually think Blake Griffin is closer to a tone setter than Al Horford, even though Blake Griffin doesn't really play. Like in this story, there were those parts of, we would leave a huddle and not know our defensive rotations, but Blake Griffin would tell us quickly before we got on the court, like what we were supposed to be doing. And it's like, wow. No, that's, that's, that's also not fair to the entire team. And again, that points to some of the inadequacies and inefficiencies of this team. Like, yeah, right. yeah the, staff. The, the staff, yes. And, and of course, that staff had, you know, one of its best assistants plucked to go coach Utah, lost another key assistant during the season to a head coaching job in the college ranks, one who I really liked and had kind of wished would have been the new coach once found out that Udoka was subsequently suspended slash dismissed slash whatever the hell they did with him in Damon Stoudemire. So, yeah. Missoula never had the full comportment of intelligence and assistance that he would have needed. And okay, you want to give it, you want to run him back. He's got three years, $14 million left as we came to find out from the athletic as well. Yeah. Which is a lot of money, but at the same time, that's one season of Monty Williams in Detroit. So. Well, yeah, that's even more amazing. Like, and it should yeah. be, Hey, I give them credit in a world where players are now going to make $60 million a year, $70 mm -hmm. million a year. Yeah. The coach's salary should probably grow. Not not similarly, but at least in some way, because we always talk about it. How can how can a sixty million dollar, seventy million dollar man take instruction from a guy who's making like one point five? Right. You're like, wow. I'm not gonna listen to you. Who, who the hell are you? Get the hell get the bleep out of here. <laughs> but now speaking of speaking of people with money and being the loudest voice in the room, uh, I don't wanna I don't wanna wrap this without discussing this moment. Now, this I would dare say was uh an explosive moment, if you will, or um the 
to me, the key piece from the athletic yesterday, you know, we've gone over what Brad Stevens said. We've sort of addressed how we feel both as analysts and Celtics fans and what the, the feeling and the temperature is right now in, in, in Celtics fandom. But the idea that in game three, or rather after game three, when the Celtics put in their most pathetic playoff performance of all time, or truly one of their most pathetic performances of all time, and Grant Williams asks the media to clear the locker room. Grant Williams, first of all, again, who can barely earn any playing time, even though he's a key contributor in the postseason when you need a mix of defense, offense, and tenacity. Grant Williams asked the locker room to be cleared for a moment, and Whit Grosbeck, majority owner of the Boston Celtics, comes storming into the locker room and then scolds and undresses them for their embarrassing play, I, to me, just says everything. That, that That is done by a coach. That is done by an assistant. That is done by a player or a series of players. The fact that it took the owner storming in to, to just say, what the F are you guys doing? I've been building this for 20 years. You're not playing with Celtic pride, et cetera, et cetera. That, to me, that was a bit of a bombshell. And also, now I think I like Wick Grosbeck even more because, damn, the man cares. But it's not supposed to be the owner that says that. No, and that's the problem we've talked about forever. Um, you know, in the old days, again, it was KG, play with grit and balls. He set the tone. And now it's the owner having to come in when you're not playing with balls and call you out and say, play with some balls. But he's that's going to uh, ingratiate himself to Patriot uh, to Celtic Nation. That is absolutely going to make him a more popular owner because that's what fans were thinking. Fans were frustrated with the amount of balls that this team was playing with or not playing with. And for the owner to have to do that, yes, is not ideal. And maybe that's an eye-opening moment for Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown and the core that Brad likes. Yeah, we should probably do our job to the level where the owner doesn't have to storm in during after a playoff game and undress us in the dressing room. Like, how about one of us steps up and handles that, maybe throws a chair, whatever needs to be done, flips over a Gatorade table, Bill Parcells right. style. Let's avoid having the owner having to come in and do that for us. But it was true. It was accurate. It was needed. And it maybe kind of worked. I mean, you got three wins after that. And, you know, we talked about, oh, why do they have to wait till their backs against the wall to start playing? Well, maybe because the man who signs their paychecks said, y'all better get your asses in gear or I'm going to get you the hell out of here. Um, so I, I like that. I like it. It's not ideal that it had to happen. But again, we, we've talked about it. I know we're going to wrap up here. This is a an organization that if they are keeping mm -hmm. with the core, and if it's all about maturation, the head coach maturing, the superstar maturing, the, the Robin to the Batman maturing in his role, maybe even the owner maturing in his leadership and how he decides like when to be hands-on and hands-off. This is an organization that needs to be more mature moving forward. Listen, if, if the tweaks are necessary, filling out Missoula's staff the way that he wants them with the things that we believe that he needs is necessary – the owner maturing, president of basketball operations, realizing he may have to have a more active role and not be so passive, even though passive seems to be the demeanor du jour most often from Brad Stevens. If the Celtics can take a Miami Heat-style approach, like last year, Jimmy Butler said after Game 7, we'll be back next year and we'll find all the things that we need to get the job done. If the Celtics can, like you just said, learn from this and get the things that they need on the bench, coaching-wise, on the bench for the players, and other intangibles in the arena and on staff for this team to come back to where they were, great. Just know my, uh, just know that Miami's not going away. Just know that Philadelphia got a new coach and they're going to tweak their roster. 
Just know that Milwaukee is going to try to do the same things. Like the path was clear for the Celtics to get it done this year. Let's hope next year they can get back and that it's not just another missed opportunity on a very talented team that continues to come this close but can never just seem to clear that final hurdle. Each and every morning, Andy Hart and I will be giving you guys everything you need to know to set the table to feed your Boston sports fandom on Breaking Boston. Please rate, review, subscribe, share. You can find Breaking Boston on WEI.com, the Odyssey app, and wherever you get your awesome sports talk pods. He's at Jumbo Hart. I'm at 50GFY. This is Breaking Boston. Enjoy your weekend, everybody. Enjoy the great weather. And we will be back on Monday to continue doing what we do, talking Boston sports. See ya.